1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. And for this episode, we have with us Saffronia. Saffronia is the HR director for Maddi. Hi, Saffronia. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Arshad, for having me on the show. Yeah,
1: it's truly a pleasure. So, uh, to begin with, could you please take us through your career journey so far?
0: Sure, Arshad. Um, basically, I have about uh, sixteen years of work experience, and this is my second startup experience, and. Uh, a little about me is I have all throughout been into human resource function, majorly into talent acquisition, talent management, uh, performance management. Uh, this has been my functional role, uh, largely into human resources. Yes.
1: Okay. So could you please tell us more about Resha Mandi? I mean, what all does it do?
0: Yes. So, Arshit, I am absolutely thrilled to have started work with uh, or joined Mandi two years back, two and a half years back. I was officially the first employee and it feels great because um, Mandi is a company of its kind. I don't think there is a closest competitor here in this space. So when Mandi started in 2020, May, it was incorporated in May 2020, Operations, actual operations, you know, on on the field operations actually started from Jan 21. And since then, Resha Mandi has seen upward curve. Now, what Resha Mandi, we originally wanted to digitize the silk supply chain. That is moving silk or rather helping farmers produce silk, yielding higher produce and moving, you know, cocoons from farmer to a reeler. And then getting the, you know, getting it reeled and moving it from there to yarns. And then from yarns to, you know, fabric manufacturers and sari weavers and then from weavers to uh, the retail outlet. So this was the original idea and uh, it took off well. And uh, I'm sure, you know, you are reading various, uh, you know, news articles or maybe information about Resha Mandi. So Resha Mandi has grown in the first uh, financial year i think uh, we did barely 50 cr in revenue today this financial year i am proud that Mandi has closed 2000 crores of revenue turnover and um, this is largely because of our technology platform of course and people as well because uh, originally farmers and reelers and weavers uh, they are not yet tech savvy so putting people on the job and helping tech adoption uh, was our first objective, so we had to put more number of people on the job, you know. But now I think we have over one lakh stakeholders, inclusive of all, and most of our uh, uh, what do you call market uh, places managed through tech only. So, Resha Mandi, largely, would say it is a supply chain, digitized supply chain for silk. But now we ventured into cotton. We plan to do the same in jute and wool. So uh, we want to call ourselves Digitizing Silk Supply Chain for Natural fibers. And um, yeah, so this is a little about the business of Reshamandi. We have grown like four folds. And it feels absolutely amazing to be a part of Reishamandi's, you know, growth story. And most importantly, when you are one of those first, right, and you know, you do not know where, you know, this company or the team is going to be headed. And you still join that, uh, you know, chaos and confusion. And then when it, you know, uh, takes off. It just feels good. So now it's uh, we are uh, we have completed two and a half years, and it's an it has been an amazing journey with Rishab Yeah.
1: Well, congratulations on the success, and you know way to go ahead. And as you very nicely mentioned that, I mean it's it's been because of the amalgamation of technology and people. So both the aspects are equally important. That's really important to understand and know. And definitely, as you said, that taking risk is all about it's all about so the way you joined the chaos and it finally took off so a long way to go
0: right absolutely
1: so you've been working in the HR industry for over 16 years now how do you think it has evolved over the years I mean if you see what it used to be back then when you joined to what it is right now and if an add-on question to it could be like how do you think the role of HR directors has changed with the changes in the macro environment that we
0: see yes of course oh I'm it has changed. The entire spectrum has changed uh, in HR function because the time when I started as, you know, an executive in HR, more so those times industries like finance, NBFC, or uh, insurance were booming then. And those were pretty much regulated, pretty much structured, and uh, In terms of organization hierarchy, in terms of processes, because there were government uh, regulatory guidelines, which we we were following. So uh, processes then were structured, but the way of working was very uh, bureaucratic, I would say. And it was uh, cumbersome because then we did not have, you know, basic HRMS tools also. Even if we had, they were very basic in nature. We did not have great search engines candidate you know uh, search databases then so understanding market market research you know uh, mapping yeah. industries or organization and people was Cumbersome task processes were good, but uh, the work was cumbersome. At least at an executive level, as years went by, we have sophisticated tools now. So much so that we have chatbots who who will do your first level of screening and you know give ratings about candidates, so you don't have to really waste even that kind of time talking to candidates. Uh, But yeah, it has come a long way. However, I am so glad that uh, the bureaucratic style. After these, you know, large MNCs, U.S. multinationals, or even Indian multinationals in NBFC, finance, IT, IT services, uh, space or offshoring space, it you, they used to be large multinationals. When I say large, I'm talking about at least 10,000 plus headcount employee size. And hence, they were a bit bureaucratic in nature. Startup has allowed this, what do you call, entrepreneurship, For each one of them, not just CEO, but the last employee also, he's allowed to think on his own. There is autonomy. He can take decisions for his own. And because startup, you know, everything has to be quick, fast. The turnaround has to be fast. There is high amount of agility, which large multinationals, you don't see. Several level of approval processes for, you know, to get one job done with, but with startup, you know, Bangalore-based startups. And I, by now I work with two startups. So decision-making is really quick, easy. They are not uh, scared to fail. They are okay. Startups are okay, you know, uh, we failing. I mean, uh, the organization, the ideas, and even people failing, but it is a beautiful place because this allows growth for each one of them. We all learn from us. our mistakes and we want to improve and is, there is a collaborative approach in startup which is what I like I think it's a beautiful kind of setup uh, that startup has allowed us so a director role like you asked you know how it would have changed from then until now I'm sure then directors were you know more what do you call delegators today a director like me is more of a worker I work along with my team day in and day out because a startup like i said there are no there are set processes but then there are constant decisions that you have to take if you want to move fast you have to change gears you have to uh, you know maybe slow down maybe you know speeden up depending upon what the company wants to do so um, i think right now not just me but every director working in various startups There's a lot of uh, energy, vibe and, you know, fast pacedness, you know, people work, take quick decisions and the autonomy that is given, at least to me, and uh, feels great because that way you can move fast. So I think startup is, uh, it allows growth for talent, I would say.
1: Yeah, definitely it does. And as we say that, you know, when you're working with with a startup, you have to wear multiple caps and that's how you learn. I mean, the learning curve is huge when it comes to startup and that's the beauty of it. You might yes, be working and you with...
0: don't do your uh, restricted role. I mean, you could be doing somebody else's role also and it feels good. You're contributing, you're, you're thinking, you're on your toes. There is constant, uh, you know, uh, collaboration with people, interaction with people. It feels just great.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's how agility and adaptability comes into the picture.
0: Absolutely.
1: So now talking about Resha Mandi. So today, resha Mandi has a very low attrition rate and a lot of it has been attributed to you and your team. Yes. What are some of the pain points that can lead to attrition if we have to talk about current times and what strategies do you adopt to make sure that the company retains its workforce?
0: Right. Our main reason for low attrition has been our workforce especially at the ground level. So when I say ground we have we have levels in our organization we call them L1 till L6. L6 is the bottom of the pyramid. 70% of the workforce is at the bottom level. And this workforce comes from rural India. So we go to, you know, districts and towns, tier three towns of Karnataka, Maharashtra, AP and Kerala and even Kashmir right now. So they are more than happy that they have found jobs in metro cities and a foothold entry point in larger metro cities And uh, because these are son of the soil people, right? They're more than comfortable. They're already hardworking. So they generally, you know, very easily fit into the culture. And because there are not too many job and career opportunities for them in the non-IT sector in Bangalore. This is one place, you know, wherein even if you are not, you know, a technology master's or a bachelor's, you're a non-tech uh, IT master's or a bachelor's, you still get uh, you know opportunities with Resha Mundi. So that way we have been able to attract the right kind of talent. Uh, the nature of the work supports that kind of talent. And uh, so people stick for longer and uh, which is why attrition is low. But with, uh, in coming times, it may happen so that we may see attrition because learning curve, yeah, as we grow, Risha Mandi, as it, it matures as an organization,s uh, our processes will mature. Our, um, uh, you know, education or uh, product process knowledge will mature. We are trying and bringing a lot of training programs right now. We have built our in-house uh, technology system and uh, some of them are also, uh, you know, uh, we bought the uh, technology systems but then learning all of this and uh, trying to put, put people in training and processes and uh, system-driven functions is going to be a bit challenging for that segment of people but I'm sure with over a period of time they will learn I'm sure they want to progress in their life so they will learn and we may not see as much attrition uh, maybe a reasonable attrition of like six percentage uh, or less maybe so that is how we may want to you know uh, we will see attrition under control
1: kudos to all the good work that you guys have been doing so and now talking about you you carry ample experience of working in different dimensions of HR and one such is candidate Mark pooling. could you please enlighten us about some of the challenges that according to you candidates face today while they prepare for interviews and how can they overcome those challenges?
0: Okay. so One good thing about Mandi is, uh, like I said, you know, we look for people from tier two and tier three cities, towns of these states. So communication is not a barrier because we need people with local language expertise. We want people to have good negotiation, good communication skills in their regional language. So it just helps us. So in those terms, uh, There are no challenges as such. Yeah. But moving these people, you know, eventually they will need career progression and moving these people to managerial categories will be difficult. We want them to move to, you know, uh, managerial uh, category uh, and be able to make strategic decision. Uh, That's going to be a little difficult. Um, And I'm sure, you know, training will bring about this change. But then it will be a slow change for sure. So as of now, most of our management and, you know, those kind of positions are occupied by, you know, people from uh, management schools. But uh, I definitely want to see this group of people, you know, coming from these tier two tier two, and tier three towns of Karnataka or Maharashtra or any other state, you know, move to management level roles and it'll be a while before they get there. So, yeah, those, uh, uh, those would be typical challenges that we will face because now that we are at uh, close to, you know, a three year mark, I'm sure people will want to see the next level in their careers.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, like I said, last in the last uh, answer that, you know, kudos to all the good work. So even if a company is having a thought of, you know, escalating people to uh, further positions, which is who probably belong to places where they may not get enough opportunities to. But with Resha Mandi, they get an opportunity to move ahead in their, the ladder of their career. I think it's amazing. And that's how people stick to the organization, because if we belong, that okay, we are being heard, we are being taken care of. So,
0: so We have right. hired more than 1,000 employees from these rural districts. And uh, today we have 600 of them still working with us some of them moved for whatever their own, you know, and and best part, yeah. So uh, with Resha Mandi, they figured out, you know, how small businesses can, you know, uh, be created and run. And many of our uh, employees have started their own small setup. But I think Resha Mandi has not just given employability to people. They've also given business ideas and, you know, brought out, brought about uh, entrepreneurs in their own walks of life. So that way, Mandi has contributed uh, largely to the community and the society, which is not very evident, you know, on the face of it. But at a very subtle level, this is, has been happening, uh, you know, in amongst these uh, folks.
1: Amazing. So now talking about some of the current trends in the industry. So mm-hmm. as you know, technology has been booming and we see a lot of it coming in the form, you know, artificial intelligence is there, chat GPT is there. What skills do you believe that, you know, somebody who is starting their career probably going to enter the industry? So what are some of the skills that, you know, these budding professionals must have in them, according to the current trends?
0: I think um, uh, AI, machine learning and chat GPT that you mentioned about, these are the happening skills. And uh, not just that, in near future for survival, you will need to bare minimum, you know, uh, have these skills and understand how these technologies work. For example, in our organization, we already have uh, professionals with machine learning skills and AI. Uh, So previously, when you had to understand the cocoon quality or uh, the fabric quality, uh, there were various test machines that would do it. But through our machine learning, we have our own developed our own IoT devices, which will quality check for these uh, cocoons and, uh, you know, quality of the yarns. So, we already have embarked on that journey, but more people will need to join this, uh, you know, uh, trend and adapt, you know, these kind of skills, the new skills.
1: Definitely. So, as we come to the end of this podcast, my last question would be, what are some of the non-work interest areas that help you distress since you work so much, you've been working, you know, through round the clock, how do you keep yourself going besides work?
0: Okay, so one thing we want to do, and this is personally what I like, I like uh, organization to be buzzing and vibrant, and we should not just be working. So there are various formal and informal engagement stuff that we do. Like because uh, so one of our early businesses was sari business, wherein we would, uh, you know, give these uh, yarns to silk weavers and they would uh, create our designs and, uh, you know, our saris. So very regularly we have these uh, celebration of saris. Women, uh, we have 20% women workforce in our organization. So very on and off, we would have those. And I'm glad that way it is encouraging more and more women to be with us. Right now, we have women in the leadership teams. We also have women on ground field uh, roles and even in our corporate offices. So that is one way that me and all women, we try to keep ourselves, you know, engaged and fun. And then there are, uh, you know, activities that, uh, uh, you know, we have for ourselves. Uh, other than that, uh, generally, we have uh, in, uh, majorly engaging activities like uh, we would have, let's say, off-site. We would have... One of the policies that our organization have is... Uh, Fun fund. So basically this is a fund for every team and every team needs to utilize this every quarter. And they are so more than, you know, uh, enthusiastic to uh, ask for the fund and take their teams out. So that way we try to have this fun fund. This is one of the nicest policies I think that worked for us and people feel good. People don't think they come to work. It's a place where um, you work in teams your team or you know other teams also collaborate with them and work so it's more of a fun place people uh, enjoy the fun point other than that uh, some policies i'd like to mention here so we figured out most of our you know field force is working on the field and are prone to accidents and there were many people initially you know who met accident and then would be uh, you know bedridden or at home for weeks and months also and up to a point we could accommodate their leaves but thereafter we wanted to figure out a solution how we could pay them and uh, you know also help them because most times these folks were single bred earners of their family and with longer leaves their uh, monthly income would stop so we came out with a uh, short term medical leave policy wherein If the employee is not able to work, you know, partially unable to work for a month or so, up to three months, we ensure there is, you know, a salary paid to this employee. And um, actually, this has brought a lot of goodwill to us and uh, employee integrity to us, employee loyalty to us, because there were many such folks whom we've been able to help with our short term medical policy, uh, helping them during their medical leave uh, period to still get paid so that is another uh, way of you know holding employees keeping the loyalty and I think once in uh, with people it is so beautiful with people you know if if they find warmth if they find affection if they find friendliness approachability I think that is more than money that uh, can motivate them and it has kept, that's how, uh, you know, we've kept people with us for a very long time. And I just hope that this continues with Resha Mandy, yeah.
1: Amazing. And kudos to all the good work that Resha Mandi has been doing. And we really look forward to more. So yeah. thank you, Sopronia, for joining us, for giving us your time and enlightening us with your amazing point of views.
0: Thank you, Arshit, so much for your nice questions. And... Uh, it has been, this is my first podcast and I, uh, I'm i trying to, you know, uh, share how Reisha Mandi, because from an HR standpoint, we never had, uh, uh, you know, this kind of discussion or, you know, platform where we are in, uh, letting the world know that what a beautiful place Resha Mandi is. So thank you for allowing this opportunity to me.
1: It's an honor. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode.
0: Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. Thank you.